Hello and welcome my partners in crime. Uh, you know I say it in the nicest possible way. So welcome back. Now, we've done part one, Charles Manson. Only about Charles Manson. And we've done part two, Charles Manson. And we've just gone through the court case and different things he's done in the court. So as I've said before, you need to watch one and two really before you watch three because it's not going to make any sense unless you do that. So, saying, saying that, let us carry on to part three of Charles Manson, the Manson family. Leader, cult leader, if you will. So Manson was admitted to state prison uh, from Los Angeles County in, I think on the 22nd of April, 1971. And, and he was, um, I think seven counts of first degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder and the deaths of Abigail Ann Folger uh, I think Warchek Fasowski, um, Stephen Earl Parent, Sharon Tate Pulaski, Polanski, Jay Serbin, and Leno and Rosemary LeBlanca. As the death penalty was ruled unconstitutional in 1972, Manson was resentenced to life in prison. Well, how lucky was they really anyway <laughs> you know really anyway it's, it's got to you go from death to parole in america is amazing really but anyway it's not so great is it for the families of the victims because they're expecting that these people to be put to death for the crimes they had done and to tell you the truth, whether you're into the death penalty or not, I think when you read in detail, when we go into what text and that done to these um, people in the next um, lot of videos, you know, the death penalty is probably the only real place for these people, really. But anyway, his initial death sentence was, of course, modified to life on the 2nd of February 1977. Now, on December the 13th, 1971, Manson was uh, convicted of first-degree murder in Los Angeles County Court. Uh, and on the 25th, actually, of July 1969, for the death of the musician Gary Hinman. Now, there's a case coming up. I'll do him as, as well because there's, you know, it's, it's a very sad case, actually, his case. Anyway... He was also convicted of first-degree murder in August 1969 for the death of Donald Jerome, or Shorty She, um, she and uh, following the 1972 decision by California versus Anderson, and California death sentence uh, were ruled unconstitutional that any prisoner now under that sentence of death may file a petition to writ of habeas corpus in the Supreme Court inviting the court to modify the judgment provided for the appropriate alternative punishment of life in prison <laughs> and life um, in prison without the possibility of parole specified by the statute of the crime of which he was sentenced to death. Now Manson was then eligible for, wait for it, parole after seven years of incarceration under these new rules. So you kill all these people, but then he didn't, did he? He was only really, I mean, we had a few death sentences and a few murder charges coming up later, 
but really the others were conspiracy. It was all conspiracy. Seven years. So he had served seven years, and this man could have been out. Now his first parole hearing took place on November 16th, 1978, at the California, for California Medical Facility, uh, where his petition was rejected. Well, thank gosh for that. In 1980 and 1990, uh, one of Manson's lockups, I think it was the uh, Folsom State Prison, in, 19, in 1980, Manson gave four interviews with mainstream media. The first recorded was a California Medical State Facility and aired on, I think, June the 13th, 1981, and was by Tom Cinder and it's for NBC and The Tomorrow Show. So he liked to do a few interviews. The second recording was at San Quentin State Prison, aired on 7th of March, 1986, by Charles Rose for CBS News, Newswatch and it won a National actually News Academy Award, uh, an Emmy Award actually for Best Interview of 1987. As I said, people are still engrossed in Charles Manson today, really. If you put something with Charles Manson out, you know, someone's going to watch it. The third was uh, Jolo Riveraria of 1988 as part of the journalist primetime special um, on that. And I think the, la the, the last that at least actually, I think the, was the earliest one uh, interview Manson's forehead bore, then the squash sticker. So, and that was where the cross used to be, then it was then changed, wasn't it, to the squash sticker. So, I think uh, Nicholas Shurek conducted an interview of Manson for the documentary Charles Manson Superstar. Bobby loved it. 1989, and he concluded that Manson was not insane, but merely acting that way out of frustration. Well, I don't know if it's out of frustration, but I think he was acting. I don't think it's out of frustration at all with Manson. He knew everything he was doing, Manson, down to a fine line, he knew what he was doing. So on September the 25th, 1984, Manson was imprisoned in the California Medical Facility, where when inmate um, I think Jones Holmesson poured paint thinner on him and set him alight, causing like second and third degree burns to over 20% of his body. Um, he explained that Manson had objected to his um, Harry Krishna chants uh, and was verbally threatening towards him. Now this is what Charles Manson did. Now as I said, he was in this high security prison with you know, I think Edmund and um, lots of these, these are killers in their own right. You know, these are dangerous killers. Remember, Charles Manson isn't a killer, is he? He's a manipulator, he's not a killer. These are real killers. And so, you know, you can verbally, I think he had to do that to survive in there, Charles Manson. He had to be something he wasn't the whole time he was in there because he was with some serious, serious killers in there. Some, I mean, I think Edmund was, what, seven foot something? Serial killer, wasn't he? And I think I've done him, but, you know, intelligent man. And he says about, he talks about Manson in there as well in some of his interviews. And I don't think they had a lot of respect for him. They knew what he was, Manson. They knew. 
they knew what he was, but you can't really manipulate a serial killer. It just doesn't work. And I think they just let him get on with it, but obviously this one didn't. They threatened him and, and well, really, because he was, you know, verbally abusive to them. They poured stuff over him and set him alight. So that's what happens. So anyway, 1989, Manson uh, was housed um, in protective housing unit in California State Prison um, in Kings County. The unit housed inmates whose safety would have been in danger in the general public, is what I just said, really, because you're with so many of these. So he was also had been housed in San Quentin State Prison, California Medical Facility, Folsom State Prison, Pelican Bay State Prison, and in June 1997, a prison disciplinary committee found that Manson had been trafficking drugs <laughs> in and out of prison. Criminality never stops. No, he, this man never ceased to amaze me, to tell the truth. He was removed then from there, and he was placed in Pelican Bay um, State Prison a month later, in the 2000s to 2017. He was, uh, I think in September the 5th, 2007, the NSNBC aired The Mind of Manson, the complete version of 1987 interview in the California San Quentin prison. The footage of that was unshackled and really, it was unruly Manson had considered so unbelievable that only seven minutes of the original um, recording then could be broadcast because times had changed, hadn't it, really? He was unapologetic for it. He was unshakable. He was unruly. He was just uh, a nightmare in these interviews. And what really was released out many, many years before uh, couldn't now be released out. It was madness, really, to release it out. And I think it showed Manson for what he really was. You know, it really did. Anyway, so um, in March 2009, a, a photograph of Manson showing um, his receding hairline and stuff. I think I'm going to put a photo on here of that. Uh, you know, grey bearded hair, swastika tattoos, all this sort of thing. Uh, and this was still prominent. Well, it would be still prominent, wouldn't it, on his forehead because he's carved it in there. He wanted it prominent. That's what he wanted. He, he, he wanted that, look at me, sort of thing. Um, I think, you know, and I think that was a photo then, I think in, the two, in 2000 was the latest sort of photos that were released out by the correctional facility. You know, he'd got older, hadn't he? He'd been in there a long time now. So in 2010, I think the Los Angeles Times reported that Manson had called with a cell phone Another one, I mean, he was drug dealing, had cell phones or mobile phones in his cell, and he was still into criminality in a very, very big way. Always has been, you're never going to be able to stop anyone like that. Anyway, he was contacting people in California, New Jersey, Florida, and British Columbia. A spokesman for the California Department of Correction State said it was not known if Manson had used the phone for criminal purposes. It well, well, I don't know. I don't know, he could have been talking to a mate. He's got lots of actual friends, actually, or he did have, actually. But we don't know. And, you know, you just think you know, they didn't know either. So they don't know. We're never going to know, are we? 
It's only five copies. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, immense and they recorded an album of acoustic pop songs with additional production of Harry Rollins titled Completion. Only five copies were pressed. Two belong to Rollins, while the other three are presumed to have been with Manson's. Um, with Manson, the album remains unreleased. Do you know? I'll tell you the truth. If that was released today, it'd sell out in seconds. I'm telling you, it really would, because this man, actually, all of this Manson family have got a massive following, still to this day, and they've all made a lot, lot of money. Why being in prison? We'll, we'll go into that more later on. So on January 1st, 2017, Manson suffered from um, a gastric bleed, really, his internal gastro, uh, gastro bleed, and he was put in into the California, where he was in the California State Prison. When he was rushed to Mercy Hospital, actually in downtown Bakersfield, a source told Los Angeles Times that Manson was seriously ill. Um, and the um, TMZ reported that the doctors considered him too weak for surgery. He was then returned to prison on the 6th of January and the nature of his um, treatment was not disclosed and that was because he didn't really want people to know and that was his right. On November the 15th, 2017, an unauthorised source said that Manson had returned to hospital in Bakerfield but California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation did not confirm um, this conformity of the statement and also that it was also against really um, federal medical privacy laws. So again, you, they can't say, it would have been down to him really to say what he had. He died from cardiac arrest um, associated, with, associated with respiratory failure or fa yeah, failure of the of colon cancer in a hospital on November the 19th, 2017. Now, three people stated their intention to his claim, Manson's estate and uh, body. Now, there's, there's many reasons why people want it, if it's family members and stuff anyway, but had three claims to this. Manson's grandson Jason Freeman stated that he intended to take possessions of Manson's uh, remains and his personal effects. Manson's pen pal Michael Channel uh, Channels claimed that he had Manson's will dated on the 4th of February 2002 which left Manson's entire estate and Manson's body to him. Manson's friend Ben Gurick claimed that he had Manson's will dated at January 2017, which give him the estate, Manson's body, uh, to Raff Matthew Roberts, another alleged son of Manson. Now in 2012, CNN, CNN and ran a DNA match to see if Freeman and Roberts were related to each other and found that they were not. According to CNN, two prior attempts of DNA match Robert with genetic material from Manson failed but the results were um, reportedly contaminated. On March the, 2nd, on March the 12th, 2018, uh, the Kern County Supreme Court in California decided in favour of Freeman in regard of Manson's body. Freeman had Manson's body cremated on the 20th of March 2018 
as of February the 7th, 2020, Channels and Freeman still had a petition in the California courts attempting to establish their right, really, their heir to Manson's estate. They were saying, I'm the heir to that estate, I want the estate. Uh, still fighting even after his death. At this time, Channels was attempting to force Freeman to submit a DNA test to court, into court for testing. So, there was lots of things about Manson that a lot of you don't know, this involvement with um, Scientology. So Manson began studying Scientology while incarcerated with help from um, a fellow inmate, actually, Linnea Rayner, uh, on, in July 1961, I think. Upon his release, I think in 1967, Manson travelled then to Los Angeles, where he reportedly met Scientologists and attended several parties for movie stars. Manson completed 150 hours of auditing. Manson's right-hand man, uh, Bruce M. Davis, worked at the Church of Scientology headquarters in London from November 1968 to April 1969. So let's not you know, think Manson's passed it, because in 2014 it was announced that he, that in prison that Manson was engaged to the 26-year-old Afton Ellen Burton, who had obtained a marriage license on the 7th um, of November the 7th. Manson's gave Burton the nickname Star. Uh, she had been visiting him in prison for the last nine years and maintained several websites and proclaimed his innocence. The wedding license expired on the 5th of February 2015 without the marriage ceremony taking place. Um, I think a journalist um, said that, the, you know, really it was cancelled after Manson discovered that Burton only wanted to marry him so that she and her friend Craig Hammond could use the corpse as a tourist attraction after his death. According to um, Simone, Manson believed that he would never die and may simply have been used possibly actually as a marriage in a way to encourage Burton and Hammond to continue to visit him and bring him gifts. All right, so, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, isn't it funny really when you think that even people, you know, that would go and visit these people in prison, they want to have a relationship with them, even they've got their own agenda. It's strange really, isn't it, when you think about someone like Manson who was so manipulative, where now he's surrounded by people that are just as manipulative as him. I want to talk a little bit more about Manson's, you know, psychology really. So on the 12th of, in 2012, when he was going through all these different, um, you know, pills, he wanted to get out, he wanted to do these parole meetings and everything. Manson was denied release again for the 12th parole hearing, in which he didn't even attend in the end, actually, to tell the truth, he didn't even bother attending. So after the March 27, 1997 parole hearing, Manson refused to attend any more of these hearings. He gave up, really. The panel at that last hearing noted that Manson had a history of controlling behaviour. Well, really, <laughs> and that mental health issues, including schizophrenia, paranoid delusional schizophrenia, and was too great a danger to be released. I mean, <laughs> you think, right, when you have 
a childhood like Charles Manson had and an upbringing really like he had. So don't forget schizophrenia can start through lots of different reasons, trauma and stuff like that can cause it. But also he started to be abused when he was about 12, 13 years old when he first went in to that first institution, right? He was abused from then and it got worse and worse and worse. Don't forget one of them, he tried to run away 18 times. This would have been terrible. Then he became the abuser himself. Okay, is it impossible to think that this man did have schizophrenia and, you know, delusions and stuff like this, paranoid delusions, all the way through his life? And that's what made him what he was. But that's what also made him this amazing manipulator. Because someone that really believes, you now someone who is a paranoid, delusional, you know, schizophrenic, believes what they see and what they're hearing, what they're doing. They believe it. They believe it. Now don't forget you're in this time, aren't we, with, in the 60s and that, you know, you've got free love and, you know, free drugs and, you know, everyone's happy. Really? So it was quite easy for him to blend in, wasn't it, in this time of his life out there and these outbursts and these you know episodes maybe was what these others were picking up on was this you know insane man really then we have to look on the other side don't we of Manson's character and his psychology really you had this man that was so manipulated even from a very young age he lies when he needs to he will tell you what you need to know only what you need to know. He wants you on his side. He can tell whether you can be manipulated or not. If you can't, he's going to leave you alone and walk away. He wouldn't even waste his time on you. He says he wrote a book. He read a book actually when he was in prison. The man was literate. So unless someone's read him a book to him about that he learned these manipulating skills and stuff. Listen, his whole idea when he first came out of prison, you know, in the early 60s, 60 six was it 67 when he came out of prison was to come out of prison become a pimp get a load of girls that work for him so he can earn a load of money sit and control them he's always wanted that control the problem is with that is that when he was released from prison everything was free wasn't it you couldn't need a prostitute buy a prostitute because people were giving it away free it was free love you know we had the hippies we had all this going on. He spent years in prison. When he went in there, you may have had to pay for a prostitute. When he came out, the world's changed. The world is a different place. And Charles Manson was first released out of prison in 1967-68. He had to go for his music. He had to go for something else. He had nothing else left. And when that didn't work, that then the rejection from that stimulated this hate. So yes, I'm not, I believe he had some form of mental health, probably schizophrenia or anything like that. He probably did. He probably did. But he had more than that. He had a gift of understanding human behaviour. And someone that has that gift, that can manipulate anyone, and anyone's circumstance, in any circumstance, can also portray having schizophrenia. They can also portray that. 
the man was a talent, I think, really. He was a talented musician, he was. But that wasn't enough for him. He wanted the power, he wanted the control, he wanted fame. He craved it and he would do anything for it. He really would. Charles Manson died a killer in prison because of a life that he had created for himself from the circumstances that he was born into. And sometimes, you know, I, when I read, you know, especially the part where you've read that statement, you have to think, was he right? You know, when we incarcerate people for such, at such a young age, and especially now we know what was going on in these institutions where these kids were put. A lot of these kids have already killed themselves if they haven't gone on to kill others. So, did we create him? Is it part born like it, part made like it? I think it is. So, and I think he believes that what he wrote and what he said in that statement to the call is true. I do. But on the other side of me, knowing Manson, understanding the way his mind works, my gosh, what a statement to end on, really. I've done it all, haven't I? I've said it. You haven't got to do now your stuff, that's what you said to the girls, because I've done it. It's a perfect statement, wasn't it? You're talking about a man that was a literate, but you're talking about a man with 109 IQ, common sense, worldly, streetwise, a criminal. That's what Charles Manson was. And to others, he is still a cult leader. And if he was out today, living today, reborn again today, would it be the same? No. Someone like that couldn't manipulate and control like that. They'd have to then move, I suppose, to a country or somewhere where money and power would be more of an influence than just your word. Because in Charles Manson's days, really, that's all he had. And a little bit of LSD and a little bit of giving people what he knew they wanted, they needed. And as long as he give them that, that they'd do anything for him. And I think when we look at Texas case um, next, you'll see that sometimes with Manson, how he was losing his control. Because with Manson, he had the manipulation skill, didn't he? But you see, Tex was the killer. And you think, <laughs> now was Manson getting worried as Tex was coming up the ranks? Because, you know, these girls, these people admired Tex for his killing skills, fearful of him, as was Manson. So, this was the end of Charles Manson's story, up to date. The next one will be on text, and that's going to be a very interesting one, but it's also going to be very gruesome, because in the next video about text, which will probably come next month, probably a two or a three part, I will describe in detail the murders, because that is what text had done. And we will also start from Tex's childhood up, and you can 
see what you think about him. And I think until we do all of the whole of the Manson family to get a conclusion to what was really going on in this world of the Manson family, we can't do that, we can't conclude that until we do everything on them, on each of them, so we can really understand who is really controlling the Manson family. So, thank you for watching. You know what to do. Thumbs up if you've liked it, you know, smash that like button, hit the subscribe button, talk about it, spread it to Tom, and it's lovely to see you. And I shall see you hopefully next time for the text, but also hopefully see you in the week when I do my um, murder morning, coffee morning, no, not coffee morning, because I always have coffee morning, but my murder morning, you know, talking about murder and going through all your comments. If you have any questions, please, please leave them, you know, and things, and we can have a chat. So listen, thank you for watching, and until the next time, bye-bye.